Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is the one and only Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, our last show of the 2019 season, as we mentioned yesterday. We'll be taking a break after this one and probably rejoining the Packers Unscripted world at the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. So with that, we heard from General Manager Brian Gutekunst earlier today, gave uh, the GM's version of the season-ending press conference. A lot of similar thoughts in some ways to what we heard a couple of days ago from Matt LaFleur in a lot of pride in what was accomplished, a lot of disappointment in how things ended, and a lot of focus starting right away on how to improve for 2020. Yeah, well, first off, congratulations on another season of Packers Unscripted. You as well, sir. It's kind of like uh, the last day before school lets out here, <laughs> except we got to come back to work on Monday Yeah, again. we have to come back to work on Monday, and then and then you and I will maybe try to start finding uh, some days that only you'll be here and only I'll be here to try to uh, man the store while uh, we get some breaks and, and get some of the rest of our lives taken care yeah. of. So. But I, I thought, you know, Brian Gutekunst, with him going up there and giving a 30-minute uh, summation of this season uh, was the perfect ending to this season because one it really began in a lot of ways while Matt LaFleur's hiring was the big issue I mean that was the big topic at the beginning of 2019 it was really those four free agents that they ended up signing yeah. that kind of kick-started this whole thing and I go back to that press conference right after Matt LaFleur I should say Brian Gutekunst and everyone got the deals done with Zedaria Smith and Preston Smith and Adrian Amos Billy Turner, and he said, you know, we, we want to, these moves were made to, to basically expedite this process, to make us better, and ultimately it did. Uh, are there areas where the Packers still need to improve going into 2020? Absolutely. Are they a lot closer, I think, to being a championship caliber team than they thought nine months ago? Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. listening to, to Gutekunst just break down different facets of the organization from you know, the free agents they signed, the draft class, the contributions they got there, and just the overall performance of the team, I thought it served as a, a very good summation and wrap-up of what was a, you know, a, a really unquantifiable, undescribable uh, 2019 season for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was certainly a, a successful season by any measure. I don't think uh, anyone in, in Packers Nation, so to speak, would have expected with a first-year head coach and a second-year general manager that you end up one game away from the Super Bowl. And as as Gutekunst said, as Lafleur said, there's a lot of pride to be taken that, but by no means is anybody resting on that success, even if it came earlier than expected or, or was somewhat unexpected from outside the building. Nobody's resting on that. I mean, Brian Gutekunst, he actually had just gotten back from Mobile, Alabama, yeah. from being at the Senior Bowl practices. He's out scouting. He's looking at you know, what's going to be out there in, in the draft come April. He actually went uh, right from San Francisco after the NFC title game to Mobile the week of practices down there at the Senior Bowl, and then he now he's back in Green Bay, and he had the uh, had the press conference today. So the work never stops for uh, for these guys. And just as Matt Lafleur was talking about, you know, kind of grinding the tape and reviewing things and looking at, you know, how do you want to tweak the offense or you know this or that, you know, heading into 2020, you know, these guys will get their breaks at some point as well. But uh, um, but you know the constant churn, the constant grind, the the, the work ethic and everything, that's what it's all about because the Packers know they gave themselves a shot this year 
and they want to give themselves another shot again next year. Yeah, and, and you like we've been talking about all week long, it's about building and taking that next step after what I think a lot of people saw as an unexpected success this year with this roster, this team, being able to win a division title, winning 13 games, getting a first round by, winning a game in the playoffs. All those things are great. Okay, so now how can you build upon that? And as Brian Goodkunst mentioned, you know, this next couple weeks here, one, he's going to break down what happened in San Francisco, try to understand that, get to the bottom of that. Where do they need to get better going into this free agent process and this draft? They're going to have to make decisions on these bevy of unrestricted free agents that they have. You know, the question was asked of him, could you, is it, is it feasible to go out and have a spending spree like they did last year when they brought in those four unrestricted free agents? And, and he said, no, not really, especially if they go and, you know, bring back a Brian Belaga or a Mason Crosby, these, these guys that are, could be potentially coming back. After what I think last year was mostly, I mean, it was Mercedes Lewis was the only player that really resigned. Ibrahim Campbell ended up joining him in in August, but even right. then it wasn't these big blockbuster contracts. So all that stuff weighs into it. So the more that you sign your own players, the less you're going to seek outside help. But he did say fiscally they're in a good place right now. They have room to move. If there's a player they feel that can help them, they can go out and try to get that player. But the other thing he pointed out too is the backbone of this thing is draft and develop. Unrestricted free agency is one avenue, and there's multiple avenues to improving this team for 2020. Yeah, I think there's, uh, I think there's no doubt that there can't be any expectation that the Packers are going to make the free agency splash in March that they made last year. You just don't do that two years in a row. And as we had talked about, what the Packers did last year was in large part because nobody from the 2015 draft class got a second contract. Yeah. The Packers' 2015 draft picks getting second contracts were all these guys they brought in from elsewhere who were drafted in 2015. So he did mention, as far as speaking specifically about a certain player, because he didn't want to get into a lot of specifics on decisions on you know guys like Brian Balaga, Mason Crosby, Tremont Williams, and whatnot. But one guy he did address specifically was Kenny Clark, and he did lay out how important it is for the Packers to reach a long-term agreement with Kenny Clark. He's entering the fifth-year option of his rookie contract after being a first-round draft pick in 2016. Gutekunst has made you know, no bones about the fact that, about how important Kenny Clark is to this defense, and he expressed optimism that they're going to reach an agreement at some point but he also said, hey, these things usually don't happen quickly. It's right. not like next week suddenly, you know, uh, this is all going to be settled with Kenny Clark. So it's it's sit back and wait, let the process take its course. And, and he sounds very confident that Kenny Clark is going to be a Green Bay Packer for a long time to come. Absolutely. And this is a guy that's in the prime of his career. He's played a lot of football for the Packers. And I think you've seen him steadily improve every year he's been in the league. And congratulations to him. He'll be playing in the Pro Bowl yeah. this weekend. He's enjoying very, the Florida sun this week. Exactly. So, yeah. A very worthy honor. And as if I was following his Instagram, I think he also spent some time at Harry Potter World uh, as well. So That's a cool place. Living it up. We've taken the kids there. That's that's a fun spot. Yeah, yeah. living it up in Orlando. But, but, you know, all kidding aside and jokes aside, Kenny Clark is a big part of this defense. I think Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, those were two critical additions for Green Bay this year. But I think we're about a year or two away from realizing that Kenny Clark is kind of one of the big contributors to this thing, if not the centerpiece of this unit now. And how he plays the run, the defense goes with him. How he plays the pass, the pass rush goes with him. He's just such a big difference maker, and he's so young yet. Mm. He's only 24 years old, Michael. It's incredible, you know, the, this path that he's been on here the last few seasons. So 
weigh that all in, consider everything, but they do have a lot of resources at their their you know grasp as well. You do have a potential franchise tag down the line if you need to go that route. The fifth year option gave them this 2020 offseason to potentially work out a long term deal. So while he's still under while contract. he's still under contract, yes, exactly, exactly. So all these things kind of uh, the, the resources for Green Bay and Kenny to to come to a long term agreement because as Kenny was saying to some reporters too, I mean he he wants to be in Green Bay. He doesn't anticipate being the kind of guy that's going to hold out or anything. He wants to play. He wants to, you know, that's just not really in his DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, Green Bay wants to take care of him too because you look statistically. I mean, he's right up there with basically everyone, maybe other than Aaron Donald right now, in terms of just total dominance at that defensive tackle position. Yeah. Well, a couple other thoughts from Gutekunst that that really struck me, because we're going to hear a lot from the talking heads and other analysts. I'm sure you and I will talk about it at times as well as you go through this offseason is, okay, you know, this gap between the Packers and the 49ers. They were the last two teams standing in the NFC they played twice in San Francisco, and the 49ers dominated both games. There's no denying that. I thought what Gutekunst said, though, was interesting in that, maybe not in so many words, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but this offseason is not entirely about, okay, how do we go, how do we figure out a way to beat the 49ers? You know, he's not going about the roster construction, the changes that are made, who comes back, who doesn't, the players they draft. It's not going to be all about the 49ers. And I, I think that's the smart approach because one, you were the number two team in the NFC. You were that you were the last one standing there. You you didn't get to play them at home, obviously. Both of those games were on the road. But also, Wes, this is the NFL. You know, the Gutekunst said next year it could be somebody else. Every year is different. Every year has its new challenges. If everybody in the NFC had geared themselves toward, uh, you know, stopping Sean McVay's, you know, L.A. Rams offense, um, you know, well, look at what happened. The Rams were in the Super Bowl last year. They didn't even make the playoffs this year. So you never know how this thing is going to go. And just as another example in this point I'm trying to make here, and I take I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way because I'm going to bring up Ron Wolf here, and the guy's in the Hall of Fame, and he's in the Hall of Fame for a reason. But in 1998, the Minnesota Vikings went 15-1, and and Randy Moss took the NFL by storm, right? Yeah. Now, granted, that's a division opponent. I get it. But Ron Wolf then, in the 1999 draft, he drafted three cornerbacks with his first three picks, and we're like, we got to find a way to stop Randy Moss. What did that get the Packers? 99 and 2000, two straight years, not in the playoffs. Okay, yeah. It doesn't work. You can't go about an entire offseason focused on one opponent. So I just I thought what Gutekunst said in that regard very subtly, I thought was very important, and I think it's something for Packers fans to keep in mind as we go through these next several months. It's a great point you raised. I'm also glad you kept your, your train of thought going there because if you would have stopped, I probably would have jumped in and said Amon Green. But, you know, that's that was down the line a few yeah. years down the line with Fred Vincent, I believe. Uh, but you're right. I mean, they you, you can't plug holes for one opponent. You have to be ready for all 16 in your conference, or, you know, 15 in your conference, right. and what else is gonna you're going to see in the NFL. And a good reason for this, Mike, I want to bring this up, is San Francisco had some of the most cap space in the entire league the last couple seasons, and they made moves to maximize that cap space. You know a team that could do that this offseason? Seattle. So what happens? How do you defend against Seattle if they had a couple marquee free agents on the offensive side of the ball to help out? 
Russell Wilson. Well, then maybe they're the front runner in the NFC West last year. Yeah, and that's a Seattle team that you look at their record and how close they came to beating the 49ers a second time and how close they came to beating the Packers at Lambeau Field in January. That's a team that feels like maybe they're just a couple pieces away yeah. from being right where the 49ers are right now. Yeah, and I again, the 49ers won four games last year. I think nobody was under any disillusion. They understood that they didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo right. last year. absolutely. But, you know, th this is a team that, any given year, things can change. This this statistically was the biggest turnaround in franchise history for the Packers in 2019, going from six wins to 14, 13, if you just count the regular season. So all those things have to be measured. I think what is exciting for Green Bay at this standpoint is they had, if, if you looked at how that season ended, and I did, I, I went and looked at what their offense and defense looked like in that finale that they lost 31 to nothing to Detroit last season. It was for a thing that I was writing in Insider Inbox. The, the roster looks 100% different today. <laughs> yeah. the, there, yeah. there are players who started, especially on the defense side of the ball, some of whom that aren't in the NFL and many of whom aren't in Green Bay anymore. So th that just shows you that when you make the right moves, and this was a A-grade offseason for Brian Gutekunst and his personnel department, they made the right additions in unrestricted free agency. They found draft picks that could help them right away. And then the cherry on top was the in-season moves they made. Yeah, you're not always going to be able to bat 400. You know, <laughs> you're, you're going to have to go with some yeah. 275 and 300 years. But I just think that if they can keep that trajectory, if you have another solid draft class, if you find a free agent that makes sense economically for your roster, all those things can help catapult you to that next level. That's how Seattle maximized their window. That's how you know New England, in a lot of ways, was able to stay at the top because of the moves they made, the tough decisions to let go of guys, the smart decisions to bring guys in. That's where Brian Gutekunst is standing right now, and he brought it up. It was one of the first things he said in his news conference. There are tough decisions that have to be made, and he's prepared to make them. Yeah, and I thought uh, uh, he made a point a couple of times in the press conference to really give credit to the rest of his personnel staff, too, whether you're talking about all of the work that was done to – bring in you know the Smiths and yes. Amos and Turner or the work that was done to find Tyler Irvin and Jared Valdeer and to capitalize on those opportunities that that uh, bringing those guys in who, who ended up playing a pivotal role in the Packers getting as far as they did so you know he mentions guys like John Eric Sullivan Matt Malaspina Milt Hendrickson um, I'm sure I'm, you know, I'm forgetting. Oh, there's so many. Um, John you know, Eric Sullivan, John Wojciechowski. Wojciechowski, that yeah. was the other one I wanted to mention too. And, and there, you know, Lee Gissendainer. There, there are several, several guys on that staff that uh, that work tirelessly at this. And he wanted to give them credit. And it was kind of funny because then he was asked, you know, well, do you think you're going to lose any of those guys? Because the Packers have obviously seen the John Schneiders and John yeah. Dorsey's and Reggie McKenzie's get general manager jobs elsewhere. And he says, well, you know, he's obviously hoping he doesn't lose any of them. He says, maybe I should stand up here and say all kinds of bad things about <laughs> them so that uh, so that they're not as attractive to other teams. But he loves the personnel executive group, the scouting group that that, uh, that he's put together and and that work with him in this you know 24/7 365 cycle of how to how to make this uh, this roster whether it's 90 man in the off season 53 63 man in the regular season make it uh, as competitive as possible and uh, and those guys now they're uh, they're hitting their in season so to speak with uh, the senior bowl and then the combine is coming up in a month and a half and and then you're into all of your pre-draft meetings and getting ready for late April. Yeah, and and it's incredible what what 
and, and credit to Brian Gutekunst, he, he still says, you know, Ted Thompson hired a lot of these guys. But if you know anything about the way the scouting department works, and there's quite a few guys that Brian has hired himself. Now, Milt Hendrickson probably being the biggest name among them who's joined the front office here in the past year. And as much as you want to give credit to those guys, I think a lot of credit goes to Gutekunst for how he's built that personnel department. Because now it kind of starts to remind you a little bit of where Ted Thompson had things in 2009 that, okay, when John Schneider moved on, when Reggie McKenzie moved on, there was a John Dorsey. There were other guys. There were Elliot Wolf, And now I think you're kind of seeing that now. Inevitably, if the Packers end up keep playing winning football, one of those guys that gets sought after as being a GM. Oh, there's, there's no but question about it. There's a lot of cookies in that jar now for Green Bay. And I know talking to people last year, especially after Hendrickson got hired, there's a lot of people in NFL circles that feel this is one of the, if not the strongest personnel department in the National Football League right now. So that's a testament to, to Gutekunst. But the challenge is, as you said, I mean, this all ramps up now. There's going to be differences. You know, we've already seen some of the changes that are going to happen with the combine here. You're going to have 15 less interviews. You're going to get a little bit more time with those prospects, but you got to be smart in how you allocate your time, your pre-draft visits. All the things that when you have 10 draft picks like Green Bay is going to have in this in this draft class to be able to be smart and economical with how you approach it. And I, you can just tell, listening to Brian, he is excited about that process, though. They feel like yeah. these last two years they've brought in a lot of assets, a lot of tremendous football players that are going to continue to get better. And you're not going to hit on all your picks. You're not going to always hit on your free agents. But the more of those that you hit on, the more it's going to be allow you to to create depth on your roster to allow you to be able to weather an entire season. And those are the things that kind of fortify a championship group. Yeah, well, in the in the near term, obviously, I'm not sure exactly what the date is this year. I should have looked it up before we turned the cameras on. But somewhere in the middle of March is when free agency will start. March and, 13th, and I believe. Is it the 13th this year? So, some, so between now and then, Gutekunst was saying over the over the next few weeks, he and the personnel staff, they're going to be reviewing the season, going over a lot of tape. There are 13 pending unrestricted free agents that the Packers have that they, they'll they be making uh, potential contract decisions on. We've mentioned some of those names. Brian Balaga, Mason Crosby, Tremont Williams, Blake Martinez, Kyler Fackrell, Geronimo Allison. That's about half of them. And, you know, there are a bunch of others as well. And... As of right, you know, right now the Packers sort of have those exclusive negotiating rights with those guys. Um, but you know how this works, Wes. I mean, guys get to this stage, and a lot of times—not a hundred percent of the time—but a lot of times they want to get to that uh, what they call the legal tampering period, those opening days of free agency before a guy can actually sign with another team. They can gauge the market. They can see what's out there. Sometimes even a player's own team wants to see what the market is for that player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to, you know, get get a, uh, get a gauge on Because, you know, maybe within their own circles, they're not quite sure what the market is going to be. So you get to those, uh, those 48 hours there before free agency officially starts. And then that's where a lot of times these decisions are made on, okay, who's coming back and who's ultimately going to sign somewhere else because, uh, you know, the market is going to go above, you know, the value line the Packers have put on a player. All of those types of discussions are going to be going on between now and uh, and March 13th. And then, you know, as soon as uh, free agency gets rolling, then the draft is right around the corner. Yeah, and it's crazy how quickly everything picks yeah. up from that point. 
Got to correct myself. I got a little too cocky. It was March 18th. I need I, 18th. Okay. I didn't get the other two. I only. And got we did that hear part. just so just so fans know, we did hear from Matt Lafleur that the Packers will begin uh, off-season workouts on April 20th. Yes. Uh, this year, which usually is they put in like one full week, and then the draft is like right after. The, yes. You know, uh, right after. So the players, the veteran players, will be back just as uh, the rest of the building, so to speak, is uh, is getting ramped up for the draft at the end of April. Yeah, and, and it's interesting you bring up the thing with the free agency because you're right. A lot of times, once the season gets done, the hay is in the barn, potential free agents will wait until that legal tampering period to see what their true value is, and then they re-sign. I, I just think back elsewhere. to you know 2014, the Packers had two great examples yep. in that regard, and both Brian Balaga and Randall Cobb, you know, fans were just on the edge of their seats for months, you know, well, are they going to bring these guys back? Are they going to sign them? It's like, well, just, yes. you know, just wait, just let it play out. It got to the legal tampering period and, and, you know, they got a gauge of what the market was out there. The Packers gauged that market. And then, you know, before, you know, just before the opening bell, so to speak, the Packers said, okay, you know, here, here's our offer. And then both guys came back. And in that case, it, it worked out just the way the, uh, the Packers wanted it to. I think both players were happy with their contracts as well. So I bring that up just so that, uh, you know, between now and, you know, March 10th, 11th, whenever that tampering period opens up that, uh, you know, the fans don't get too worked up right. as far as, you know, well, are they going to bring these guys back or not? Well, you just, you just have to be patient and let this play out. Every once in a while, you'll see like that Latroy guy on happen, you know, in like February, I think he resigned yeah. one year, but you're right. You talk about 2014. It was actually, it would technically, I guess be, the 15 offseason right it was it was it was march of 2015 it was after the 2014 yeah. season i should clarify so cobb yes. and balaga signed i want to say balaga signed hours before the actual oh yeah it was it was right it was right up to the wire yeah. absolutely and then the year after that it was mason crosby signed in that window nick perry re-signed in that window twice uh once on a one-year contract and then on his extension so those that's just the way the game is played. So, yeah, there's not much to read into it from that regard. The one thing that always is interesting, though, between now and the start of that is if you start to see some of those restricted free agents maybe potentially agree to a deal, Packers would also have to make a decision on them. There's a handful of them. I don't have the list right now. If you want to offer them a low tender, if you want to try to resign them to another deal, sometimes those players are more apt to sign a contract because yeah. they want to get some guaranteed money as opposed to if you're on a low tender, it isn't guaranteed until you play. These are the fun things that Brian Gutekunst, <laughs> Russ Ball, and everybody else has all to this, figure out. All this great CBA language and, and parameters and qualifications and everything else that go into the off-season uh, discussions. Yeah, and as Brian Gutekunst said, though, they have their own free agent board. They'll have all those names up there. They'll weigh those and they'll make those decisions. But for the Packers to be in a position now where they're pr trying to build towards another Super Bowl, I don't know how many people would have legitimately been saying that eight months ago. I mean, that just shows you yeah. how quickly this team took. And I'm, write, I'm writing this in Insider Inbox uh, for what would be the Saturday edition. You know, as much as we talk about Matt LaFleur and the changes that underwent on offense, Mike Pettin had to go undergo a lot of changes as well with his defense. That personnel changed significantly yeah. in 2019. Yeah. It was a different group of players. Same same scheme in essence, but different group of players. So for a, it, it was a mixture of year two guys and year one guys as mm -hmm. far as Pettin was concerned. Yeah, so... That's where this process goes. They'll have months to figure it out. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be thrilling. And we'll see exactly what the NFL scouting combine will bring. Yeah, and uh, that is when 
we will see you next most likely will be from Indianapolis and the NFL Scouting Combine, which has like a different schedule and everything this year. So that'll be an adjustment for us. But, may, I, but I think it's an yeah. adjustment for the better. I think the work week will be a little bit more manageable for us in Indy compared to years past. I think we're going to try talking to our producer, Matt Arvin, our wonderful video producer, Mike Atkinson. I think we'll probably try to do a preview going into Indianapolis okay. and then knock out a few shows from Indianapolis, give you a real feel for the city. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting. I just I can't never believe how quickly the combine always seems to come around. Well, especially when you get into a playoff run like the yeah. Packers have had 2016, 2019 getting – to the uh, conference championship game, then, you know, you sort of do the aftermath. And then, yeah, before you know it, it's like, oh, yeah, we got to make our travel plans for Indy. Let's get going. Unbelievable. So, but yeah. it was an exciting year. It was thrilling. It was I a... appreciate you putting up with me all year. I oh, appreciate please. our wonderful fans checking us oh, out on Packers Unscripted. It's been a blast, buddy. All right. With up. that, we will call it a wrap on the 2019 season of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team throughout the offseason on Packers.com. Subscribe to us, like us on iTunes and other podcast services because we will be back sooner than later. And there's all kinds of great video content out there on the Packers YouTube channel. For Wes, I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody, and we will see you next time.